Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Bryant, come on up, man. Bryant's one of our elders, and Bryant's going to give the word today. And uh, very excited about that. Yeah, bring that table on over. Man, I want to pray for you, if, if I may. Thanks, brother, for just preparation and your faith. Uh, let's pray for this time. God, thank you for Bryant. Thank you for his investment uh, just in faith and in uh, hearing from you and in the word. And thank you, God, for his uh, willingness and faithfulness to bring us the word today. Lord, speak through him. Speak your truth and your um, direction for us, your counsel for us, your grace to us. And Lord, renew us today in the faith. Strengthen us, God. Give us courage. Uh, Lord, let your hope be planted in our hearts uh, by your word through Bryant today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Derek. Love you bringing those dad jokes today. <laughs> rad, rad jokes. Rad jokes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you, guys. Good to be here. Happy Father's Day to all those men. Um, I thought I'd start right out with a little encouragement from my wife last night, a little story on that. She gave me some encouragement for today. She said, she said, hey, honey, are you ready for your message tomorrow? And she said, I hope you're not going to do some kind of an exegesis, you know, on, 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 you know, long exegete on the, on the word and all this stuff. You do much better when you get, you know, get emotional and give some personal, weave some personal in there. So anyway, I had to, had to rewrite everything this morning. Um, but, but thanks, babe, for, thanks for that encouragement. Would have, would have been great to get that two weeks ago when I started prepping, but, you know, timing's not always, you know, the way we want it to be, right? So, anyway, thanks, honey. I think it very well received. Um, but, you know, today I wanted to, I'm not giving a Father's Day message per se, you know, the traditional one, but anyway, I just want to, today we're going to be talking about the mystery of the gospel. It's something that Paul um, talks about quite frequently in, in, in the in the New Testament, and um, I really wanted to unpack that because I think it's really critical for this day and time for, for us in the church, you know, not, for, not as an individual, but primarily for the church. And we're going to be talking about three key things, which are identity, power, and mission. These three, and how they relate to the church, not necessarily, again, individually, but although we do play an, ind- an individual role in that as well. Um, but before we, before we dive in um, on that, just a couple of scriptures in Galatians 1, Paul says, not man's gospel, but received through re- the revelation of Jesus. Okay? And so one of the things that the elders have been praying for for this day is, is um, for revelation, that the Lord would reveal something to us, to the body, to you individually to, and, and corporately as a body. He would reveal something to us in the gospel that maybe we haven't, been, haven't seen or maybe we've been stuck on or, or maybe just our eyes haven't been opened to, to the mystery of the gospel and the profoundness of it and the power of the gospel. And we're going to see some of those things today in the scriptures in the early church and, and in Jesus' ministry when he first came um, and started, started ministering um, and, and teaching his disciples how to, how to minister to others. And, uh, and so before we even get into that, I want to pray for revelation. Um, and also just as we were, as we were worshiping and singing these songs with phenomenal declarations, you know, as we, as we prepare our hearts this morning, just to declare that the Lord is God is, is profound in, in, in this message today. And it's also when Derek was singing, the, leading these songs, the worship team is just 
I, I just I, I feel the Spirit of God moving on us this morning as we prepared the way for this, as we prepared the way for Him to declare His glory, to declare Him as, as, as God, Yahweh. All right, there's, there's multiple gods, but there's only one God. There's only one God who's creator of all things. That's Yahweh, okay? And, and as we establish Him, as He desires for us to, then there's power in that and there's freedom in that. And we understand the mystery of the gospel is unfolding as we, as we look at Him in, in that light. And so before I, um, before I get into this, let's just pray. I want to pray that the Lord would reveal something powerful in our midst today. Lord, we just, we just praise you, Lord. Thank you, God, for the, the worship and praise that was lifted up to you this morning. And God, as, as we've been praying these few weeks, Lord, just to, about your revelation, Lord God, would you please pour out revelation into our hearts this morning. And as your word says in, in Revelation, in the book of Revelation, Lord God, that we would be given salve or ointment over our, for our eyes, Lord, that we may be able to see clearly and hear clearly what the Spirit is saying to the church. So Lord, I pray that this morning, Lord God, that you would pour out by your Spirit Lord, revelation into each of our hearts, Lord God, not by man's gospel, Lord, but by the revelation of you, Jesus, in our hearts this morning to transform and renew and strengthen us, your body, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Paul also, in in Colossians 4, he says, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Paul saw that it's just so critical that he was willing to be, he was imprisoned for, for preaching the gospel. He was, he was imprisoned for, for sharing this mystery of the gospel to, to the regions in which he was going into, um, even to the point where it was against, going against the things of, of culture, right? It was going against the things um, that were status quo, right? And one of the things that, that came to me as I was prepping for this was just how, you know, a spirit of religion over us can, can come upon us, whether it's traditions or um, just religiosity, um, these type of structures that we built up as man and how these things are exposed when style, when our style tends to drive things so much rather than faith in the one. Okay? And what you'll see is a consistent theme all throughout the scriptures, even, even in the Old Testament, is you'll see that there was, there was faith in the one. And, and you'll see that in, in, in the scriptures today I share that this is a predominant theme is that, is that in our hearts, if, the one thing that the Lord wants us to do more than anything is to believe in the one whom he has sent, and that is Jesus. Amen? And so as we, as we pray into this, is that, is that we look at these things, we don't get caught up in style, right? It's not about how we come together and, and what songs we sing and, and, and how we sit or where we sit or if the coffee's great or um, if, the, if the service was the best ever or whatever, it's about him. Amen. And that's what he is looking for in us. And you will see that there's something special about that in his people that he has laid out for us in, in, in terms of identity. You'll see that um, those, who, those who have gone before us have modeled this so well. And he's given us this example and he's calling us into that same thing. Is, is ter- in terms of our identity, is us understanding that. And that's part of the mystery of the gospel, is us understanding, first and foremost, our identity in Him. Amen. Is that He, he has set us free. 
Okay? It's not by anything that we can do. It's not by anything that, that I have done that, that has set me free. It's only in Him alone. And, and that is something that we'll see that is, that is predominantly has to be in the theme in our hearts, in our minds, that we have to understand that. And Paul, in Ephesians 3, I just want to read this to us, just starting out. Ephesians 3, verse 3. Paul, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. And in verse 10, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Now, you might be looking at this going, okay, what, why is this so important that we're making this known and this being revealed to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places? And what is that? What are these heavenly places? And I'm not, I don't have time this morning to really dive down into that. And, and at the direction of my wife, I'm not going to. Um, but, but it is important for us to know that there's more watching. There's more. There's an unseen realm, and there's, there's, there's rulers and authorities that, that, that the Lord is using His church to put on display to them. Why is it so important to reveal this to them? Why? Um, the, mystery, the mysterious gospel, listen to this statement, the mysterious gospel is revealed in and through us to reveal God's triumph over evil and to reveal us as distinct to all other creation, as eternally born new creations for His glory and ours. Amen? That is something that we are a very distinct um, people, that He has made us distinct, not because of anything we've done again, just He has made us that way. And for us to understand that, we have to understand that in order for us to be sent out, in order for us to be operating in power, in order for us to be transforming those things around us. And this is something that we see Jesus doing repeatedly, okay? In Matthew 16, when Jesus came, he's, he's constantly, he's, he's walking his disciples. And they, they didn't get it either, okay? So don't feel bad, all right? We're in good company, all right? These guys were ingrained in the religious things of that day. They were ingrained in, the, in legalism and the law and all these other things. And Jesus came to them and he's constantly, if you go through the book of Matthew, you'll see that he's walking them through. He's showing them time and time again to, to, to shed these things, to get rid of these things. And one of the profound things he says to them, and I think we get this wrong a lot in the church when we hear the scripture, but he says, unless you come to me like one of these children, like the, one of these little children, you will not see the kingdom of God. You will not see it. And we, we, we take that a lot of times. I've taken it that way, this way, is that, oh, I just need to be childlike faith. I just, had, I just need to be silly and, and, and you know, not, worry, not have a care in the world or this, that, and the other. That's, that's not at all what he's saying in that scripture. What he's revealing to them, and, and, and many of these, by the way, side note, many of the scriptures today we've taken so far out of context we have to re- read the scriptures in the context of the, the ancient Hebrew writers, the, the ancient authors of this, of this text, and what they understood at the time as they were writing this to the church, to us, and for, for generations to come. And so what he's, what he's saying here, and, and if you understand uh, Jewish tradition, is that these children, these children were not under the law until they turned 12 or 13 years old, depending on if you're a, a male or female. All right? And so these kids were coming to him freely because they weren't under the law yet. And all these religious people were holding them back because, wait a minute, you don't have the status. You don't have the status. You haven't, you haven't come through your bar mitzvah yet. You haven't, you haven't 
you know, achieve the status where you're under the law and, and you haven't sat under, under the, the, these uh, amazing teachers and, and been, you're not, a, you're not a holy priest. And therefore, you can't go and, and run to the Messiah because you don't have that. But he's saying, look, none of that stuff matters. Okay, unless you come to me freely, unless you believe like these little ones do, they believe they don't they don't have all these other structures in place saying that that I can and can't come to God unless I have that. He's saying unless you believe, unless you have that freedom like these little children who aren't under the law yet because they're not 12 or 13 years old or older, you, you can't come to me. Okay, but here they are trying to push back these little kids from coming to him. All right. And you'd be shocked at how much we do that today. Even those who proclaim that they don't, they're not under the law anymore. We still have those structures, just like the disciples did. You know, Jesus didn't throw them into the camp of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, all right? But they still had some of the same characteristics. They still had some of the same things that were preventing them from seeing what he had for them, from, see, from experiencing the fullness of the gospel that he came to give. Amen? And so, the gospel, guys, it's more than words, it's way more than words. It's more than just the work on the cross. And, I, and that's not to diminish anything on the cross. The cross is so powerful, right? But it's more than that. The gospel goes on beyond that. Jesus rose from the grave, okay? He rose. He ascended into heaven, right? Seated at the right hand of the Father. And he, he, he's calling us into a lifestyle that is more than just us going to the cross constantly and just, and just weeping there at the cross, Okay? He, he wants us to move on. He wants us to understand the identity that came once we rose from the grave with him. And, and baptism is a symbolism of that, right? Is that we've risen, we've risen with him, amen? And so this powerful gospel, guys, it takes root in us. And once it's revealed in us what Jesus has done for us, it, it, it excites us, right? It should excite us. It should motivate us. And, 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 and there's something that takes place when, the, in, when we're in devotion to him is that there's power that is imparted upon us. And I'm not going to get into the gifts and all that this morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. But there's a power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, there's a power that anoints us to, to go and be missional. Be missional, right? And um, thank you. Thanks, Asif. He's paying attention. You can tell I'm dry mouth. Um, The gospel of the kingdom is about mission for his church, not individual feelings, status, or situations or circumstances. We, the church has minimized the gospel to make it into this therapeutic approach to where it's all about, well, how do I feel? How do you feel? And this, that, and the other, but there's a greater mission. There's a much bigger, more important mission that, that, that Jesus has revealed to us. When Jesus came and he's, he's leading his disciples, he goes into, into Caesarea Philippi. Why did he go into Caesarea Philippi first? There's, everything Jesus does has, has um, intentionality to it. None of it's just random. All the, hey, this just, I, I just feel like going over here today, which a lot of us do a lot of times, especially when it comes to mission or, or ministry. And say, oh, let's just go over here. Let's just respond to this need. Let's just respond to that one. Jesus passed by many things and didn't pray for healing. He passed by many people. He did many things that we were, were just confounds us, right? And we just say, why, why did he only heal one person at the pool of Bethesda? Okay? So everything he did is intentional. He went straight to 
Caesarea Philippi for a reason. This area uh, regionally um, was at the base of Mount Hermon, okay, which is known in, in the ancient Hebrew text is known as the gates of hell, okay? And this might ring a bell to you when he said to Peter, right? We said, Peter, who do the people say that I am? So he's establishing, he's establishing his authority. He's establishing everything about him, his identity, everything, his power, his authority is on the scene now. The enemy no longer has control, okay? He's saying, hey, I'm here, all right? And he says, look, Peter, who do the people say that I am? And what does he say? He says, some say, well, some say that I am Elijah. Some say I'm the prophet. Some say, and Peter says, and he says, Peter, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? You are the son of God. You are the Messiah, the living God. Amen? So he's, he, he, and, and what does he say to Peter? He says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for, for man has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Revelation. Revelation. He's revealed it to, to Peter, and because of that, he's blessed. Jesus said, blessed are you. And he says, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom, right? And you will bind things on things on heaven that will be bind on earth and, and loosen things on earth that are loosened in heaven. Amen? And so he's given power and authority. And then he sends out the 70. Some say 72, but I think it's 70. He sends out the 70 into, these, into the countryside. And they come back. And they don't come, not only, you know, it's not just 50 of them that come back. All 70 come back. All right? And they're saying, hey, even the demons, they're, they're excited. Even the demons um, respond. Right? Even, the, even they bow to the authority that's in us. Right? And he sent them out by twos. And why is that? Because he says that wherever you are, two or more gathered in my name, I am with you. Okay? I am with you. That power and authority of Christ is in us and with us. Wherever we go, we have the power to transform that region. Okay? And he said, he said hey, don't rejoice in the fact that these demons respond, but rejoice in the fact that your names are written in heaven. Again, an identity a distinction in us that we have been given in eternity. Your names are written in heaven, okay? And unless the Lord has revealed that to you, please, my, my plea would be that you don't go through life thinking that you are saved, thinking that you are His just because you've attended church or just because you've gone to every Bible study under the sun or just because you've attended a ministry or even led ministry. Unless he has revealed this to you, okay? Let this be a personal thing this morning, that unless he has revealed that to you, plead with him, cry out to him. He says, I am standing at the door, waiting, waiting. That's how loving he is, okay? Unless, unless that is something that you have experienced, please don't go through the motions, because, because what it will lead you to is, instead of distinction, is extinction, Okay, the Israelites, those who did not believe, they, they were led into extinction. The nations that were not worshiping God, that did not believe, they were driven into exile. Okay, those who did not believe, right? We know the story of Joshua and Caleb, the 12 spies sent out in the spy on the promised land. They came back, Joshua and Caleb believed, the other 10 did not. What happened to them? They died in the desert. Okay. They died in the desert, extinction, okay? Joshua and Caleb, distinction. They believe, 
Okay? This is something that is revealed to us that causes us to believe and and rise up. Um, So, the gospel, again, not about individuality. um, And it's so much more than Jesus loves us and paid a price for our sins, right? That is absolutely profound part of it, but it doesn't stop there. And we've got to move on. We've got to become more spiritually mature in our faith and, and in our trust in Him and trust in all things, right? All things trust in Him for. Um, boy, I, I, um, I've got a lot of things here. And I probably should have given back a half my notes, but I'm not going to hit them all, unfortunately. So I might have to speed through some of this, but these, these rulers and authorities, I, I think this is so profound to me because it, it's so much bigger than our world. So we, we live in, we constantly refer to this place in Aspen as a bubble. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if anybody lives here full time, you, you kind of understand that. Um, this is a bubble to the real world. I mean, there's all kinds of things that don't happen here that happen in other places in the world. <clears throat> Um, but <clears throat> excuse me having, having a biblical worldview of the fact that there's a the real enemy um, th- there's something taking place when we walk into when we walk into an area there's, there, there's, there's unseen, unseen rulers and authorities that are watching they've seen they know what's going on around us all right, and we, even when we walk into a place, there, there's there's things on the peripheral because they can't stand on the ground that we're on. The ground that we occupy is holy, sacred ground. The Lord said, "You must be holy because I am holy." Right? He, he, his His dwelling in us is holiness, and when we come into in, into His presence, when He is in us, and then we are now holy. Right? You remember the burning bush when Moses came to the burning bush, and the Lord said, "Take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground." We have completely in the church, we have completely thrown that out and, and, and the sacredness and holiness of being in the presence of the Lord and being His, being called His, is that we have left our shoes on. We, have, we, 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 don't, we hardly have respect for God. We hardly have any awe of God. And we live our lives the way we want to. And then we come to say, God, bless this, bless this, bless me, have, forgive me, do this. But our lives are not leading up to this. When, when the Lord came and chose David... Out of all of his brothers, okay, eight sons of Jesse, and, and, and Samuel goes through every single one of them until he gets to David. And David's not there. He's out in the field. He's, he's working. He's, he's shepherding the, the, the flock. And, and the Lord says, surely there's more. Samuel says, surely there's, there's another one to Jesse. And he says, yes, I've got one more. He's out in the field. And he comes, he goes and gets him. He says, this is the one, the youngest one, the man after God's own heart. All these other men were structures. Hey, I'm sure they, they, even Samuel said, hey, this man, he looks kingly. He looks like a king. He's tall. He's handsome. He's strong. Not that David wasn't, but he was young, right? But the one thing, the, the thing that, it, that the Lord admired most of all was that, that David was a man after God's own heart. He wasn't concerned about his own priorities. He wasn't concerned about his own situation, I mean, how many of us, the youngest, would say, hey, why do my older brothers get to go do this stuff while I'm sitting out here working, you know? And so just pay attention to that in our hearts, guys, when that creeps in. But the Lord is calling us out of that. And 
There's something profound that happens when, when the revelation of the gospel hits us. All right? For me personally, I just want to take in my wife's advice here. Um, personally, for me and my wife, when, when, when I got the revelation of the gospel, everything in my life changed. Everything. These are not tears of sadness, they're joy of, um, come on, Um, everything changed, everything changed, those desires, gone, those behaviors, gone, like that, okay, if you are stuck, and something. I want to tell you, I want to encourage you, because I think the Lord was putting on my heart this morning as we're worshiping, that he's revealing, he was revealing this morning that there's, he's revealing a desire he's putting in your heart to seek him and to want him more than anything else. And I want you to know that that is not a small thing. Okay. What I just explained to you about David, that was not a small thing. That was, that was an establishment of a kingdom, a dynasty. Okay? That was the Lord's root taking place. So I want you, when you hear that this morning, if, you've, if God has revealed that to you, is there's a desire in your heart to want to know Him and to, and to pursue Him and to seek Him more than anything else, even if it's the smallest thing, do not treat it as a small thing. It's not a small thing. It's a big, big thing. Okay? And that is going to transform your life. Amen? Amen. It's going to transform you. The Lord did it to me. He transformed me, and I was a lost case. Yeah. I mean, lost. Um, <laughs> Billy, Billy can testify to most of it. Okay? He was part of it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the Lord had changed his life, too. I'm a witness to that. And he, I know he's changed many of your lives. But I'm not talking about just my words. I'm not talking about my words changed. I'm talking about my life changed, my heart changed, the way I see things changed. Okay? The way I see myself changed, the way I see others changed, my entire life changed. Okay? And if you, I'd love to give you every little single detail of that, but. We don't have the time this morning for you to hear every little bit of detail, but I would love if you, if anybody wants to hear that, I will meet with anybody in here anytime. Okay. Because it's profound. And, and I want to, I want to tell you this. If, if, if you're stuck in a place where, where it's not, you're not seeing change, open your eyes to the gospel, yes. open your eyes to the gospel, receive that power of the gospel of Jesus Christ that has changed he will change everything because he has a greater purpose, not just about you, but for his church. Okay? When, when, when you are transformed, now you can go. Now you can be his hands and feet. Not before. Okay? We all know about those things when we've gone out before or someone has gone out before and they've done more, more harm than good. Okay? And some of us still do that, right? But... My encouragement is soak in, take that word and a revelation from him this morning that he is opening your heart for a reason.
because he has a plan and purpose for you. Amen? Um, the, uh, you know, it's not primarily a Father's Day message, but I think this is something that I, I gravitate to all the time. And, and I hear this a lot, and this is a, a common theme um, within our lives, is that a lot of times we, we want to go and do other things before we serve the Lord, okay? Or we say, well, this, this has to be done first. And um, in, in Luke 9, when Jesus said, follow me, when the disciples said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Um, Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. All right, now when we read that, we go, man, that's really insensitive. I can't go bury my father. You know, this was a big deal because, you know, this is actually one of the Ten Commandments, honor your father and mother. So this was a very honoring thing in Jewish tradition is to go and bury a loved one, right, and mourn and grieve and all this other. But the Lord said, look, it's more honoring what he's saying here. It's more honoring to your father and mother if you go and serve me and and proclaim the kingdom of God. There's nothing more honoring to your loved ones. So fathers out there, there's nothing more honoring to your family. There's nothing more honoring to your children. There's nothing more honoring to your wife than to go and proclaim the kingdom of God and to serve him and him alone. Amen. The Lord has revealed that to us. Okay. Another one said, hey, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one, that's in Luke 9 again, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Okay? These are profound things, and, and, and these address things in our, in our church and our culture is that, you know, we let things roll off our lips. We say, Lord, I'll do this, I'll do that. And I've been there. I'll, I say, Lord, you know, deliver me from this, and I'll never do this again. How many people have done that? Okay? Um, the Lord said, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He wants our hearts close to him. That is it. He's not asking you to be perfect. David wasn't perfect. Paul wasn't perfect. Abraham wasn't perfect. Okay? But there's a difference, okay? There's a difference between perfection. There's a difference between, you know, our personal failures and honoring God. There's one thing in here that, that we see is, is so critically important is that honoring God, no matter what our, what our circumstances are, what our failures are, is that we continue to honor Him, okay? We don't, we don't bow to our failures. We don't bow to these things and, and start to honor another God or, or start to honor an, an idol or something else in our lives. Is that this is first and foremost is we're honoring Him, no matter what our failures are. Okay, because he, he, he does not waver on that. He didn't, he didn't take, he didn't send David into exile. In fact, David won every single battle he ever faced. Every single one. Okay? Every single one. Again, distinct. The distinctness and char- the characteristics of distinctness for us um, to be mighty men of God for those who are fathers or, or aspiring fathers or or men um, and women. I'm not leaving you out of this. I promise. Okay. There's mighty women that have the same exact traits and characteristics. 
that they feared God, that they had this awe of God, that they had this desire to worship Him and only Him, and they were blessed, and they, 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 they ruled nations, some of them, all right? Um, Jesus' distinction. I'm just laying out some of these, some of these things that are characteristics of all, all these men. Is Jesus always said, I, I, I get my nourishment from doing my Father's will. That is so critically important, right? Even, at the, even to the point where he was going to the cross, he said, I get my nourishment, right? This is the woman at the well when he said this. He said, I get my nourishment from doing my father's will. They said, but the Lord, you had not eaten. Has somebody fed him while we were away? Um, no, I get my nourishment from doing the father's will. And then when, the, when it comes time to go to the cross, he said, Lord, take this from me, but if it is your will. And he, he went to the cross. Amen. And so no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the thing is, if it's the Father's will, do we know him that much, that intimately, that we know what his will is? And many people, I hear this often as they struggle with, but I just don't know the Lord's will in my life. I just don't know how to get that. And, and, and my response to that, and this is my experience, and there could be other things, is that it's because you're not listening. I mean, the Lord is speaking to me constantly. And when I don't know his will, it's because I'm not taking the time to be in his presence, to understand or hear his will. And But as soon as I do, bam, download. Okay? This is characteristic. It's not just me. I hear this from, from many people that this is, this is a primary thing. And so many of us, we go about our things and doing our, doing our things, and we're not, we're not, we don't want to hear God's will because sometimes it might be difficult and require change. Amen? So let's, let's press in for that. And, and again, David, a man after God's own heart, Abraham believed in though he had not received yet. Said that, in fact, his faith grew stronger. But it, did he stumble? Yeah, he stumbled for sure. But, but his faith grew stronger. He trusted, he believed in the one. I count all else, Paul, I count all else as garbage for the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. This is, you talk about a transformation. Here's a guy who was elevated status in, in his culture. He, he was given the responsibility to, to persecute Christians in the church, right? And then Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus, and bam, everything's, everything's changed. The revelation of Jesus Christ upon him has changed. Not some words, not some, not some memorization of, of, of the words or the word or scripture. Um, you know, I think um, one of the things that, Maybe I shouldn't say this. Um, okay, John gave me permission. One, one of the things I think we get wrong a lot of times, and this happened to me growing up, was that you just need to be in the Word or you just need to read the Word. And, and, but there's more to it than that. There's more to it than reading the Word. There's more to, God has to reveal to you. There's got to be revelation. Unless there's that revelation, unless the Spirit illuminates and brings revelation, then there's no understanding. I went through, as a young child growing up in, in a liturgical church background where the Bible was just given to me and fed to me, and, and I didn't get anything out of it. I didn't understand it. I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. And, and when I would get in trouble, my parents would just lay the Bible on my bed. They, they had no clue how to minister to me. I was such a wreck. Okay? And, and they would just lay the Bible on my bed thinking that was going to resolve it. Okay? It did nothing for me. It was not until men came into my life. It was not until prayer. Um, 
my wife praying for me before we were married that men would come into my life and they did they're boom 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 all of a sudden all these godly men start popping up and i'm sitting here going man i don't deserve this i don't deserve these type of men Amen. Come on. <laughs> and just one thing after another it was like dominoes yes. and i'm telling you your dominoes will fall if you give yourself to him wholly, fully, desiring him, not just to be blessed. No, it's because I want him. I want him. That, that is what our career, that's why we are created, guys. To want him, to desire him. And then he puts on display to all of these rulers and authorities, those who witnessed the fall. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Okay? These power and authorities in the heavenly realms, they witnessed the fall. They witnessed those who said, look, Lord, you're not supreme anymore. I want to be supreme. We all live under that same temptation because we live in a fallen world. And so in order for us to resist that, we have to put him, right, as the central part of my life, not me, not my desires or anybody else's desires. I have to put him first. Amen. And when that happens, all these other things fall like lightning. Okay. They fall like lightning. And we put on display to the heavenly realms. Hey, see, look, look at my chosen ones, how they worship me. Look at how they love me. Look at how my church, who by the way, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Okay. That is profound. Believing in the gospel means believing in Yahweh, the God of Israel. The God of Israel and no other God. We can't worship another. There's no room in God's plan for that. He has no patience. He is, he's like, look, if you're going to worship another God, I'll leave you to that. Go, go for it. See, how, see where it gets you. See where it gets you in your life. Amen? You're not going to get very far. I promise you. This is the mystery of the gospel put on display through the church to all the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realm that this church honors God, fears God, reveres God, is in awe of God, blesses God, worships God, praises God. Okay? This is a choice. God doesn't beat us over the head and say, you've got to worship me. It's a choice. He gives us a choice, right? All of us to worship him. And we, when we make that choice to worship God in spirit and truth, as he's called us to, like I said, we become a powerful church ready to go on mission, ready to go and push back the gates of hell in this town, which is so prevalent all around us. Right? Because we haven't gone out. We haven't. We haven't gone out. If we did, do you think we would see these things falling all around us? Do you think we would see... I don't even want to speak of the things because the Lord said, don't, don't even speak of the things that these people do in secret. All right? But we don't even have a clue, many of us, what goes on in this town. Do we think that would be prevalent here if we were being sent out, if we were going out, if we were proclaiming the gospel, the kingdom and power because of who we are.
that we, wherever, we, wherever our feet go, wherever Jesus' feet went, the kingdom of God was with him. He was the kingdom of God. He says the kingdom is near. And when he sent out the 70, he told them the same thing, proclaimed them, tell them that the kingdom is near, right? Why? Because his presence was with them, because he was in them, and the same is with us. His kingdom is near. Unless we grab a hold of that truth and, and, and know that in our identity, then we're just going through motions. Religion, it's not about intellect. It's not about, you know, just how much I can get up here. All right? He wants to build his church. Holy, holy, holy. is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That is a fact. That is a fact. There's salvation in no other name. No other name. I'm going to read a quote, and I'll finish up here. Um, a quote from my, Dr. Michael Heiser. I slid it in there. Um, he talks about otherness. He said, The concept of otherness was at the core of Israelite identity. Otherness is the core of holiness. Not about morality, but about distinction. Okay. The realm distinction. When we take off, when we see him say, take off your sandals, you're in a, you're in a realm distinction here as the power of God. The, our distinction of holiness, okay, is distinct for all others to see, right? All others to see. We're putting this on display, not only for this world, but for other realms, the spiritual realm, Heavenly realms. God is distinct among other, all other gods, and He desires us to be also. Um, this is good. I jumped ahead in all of my notes. I want to close out with uh, Matthew seven. Um, which is one of the hardest verses, I think, um, for us to to grab a hold of here, is that in Matthew 7, the disciples came to him and said, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons and heal the sick and do all these things and miracles, signs and wonders and miracles in your name? And he says, get away from me. I never knew you. Get away from me. I never knew you. We can, do, we can go about all these things. We can do a lot of things in the name of Jesus, that, but not know him. That is shocking. And we can go through all these motions. We can do all these things, but never know him. And he says, get away from me into exile. Get away from me into extinction. Get away from me. Jesus says, 
this is the work of God. Because all those disciples, they, they see him doing all these things. And they said, Lord, we want to do these things. What can we do for your kingdom? What can we do? He said, this is the thing I want you to do. This is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. That simple, simple gospel. Believe in the one he has sent. All these other things come. So I, I just, as we close out, um, I just wrote this that the Lord put on my heart. He said, some of you have believed in others, wondering why you don't stand out. Why am I not distinct? Now is the time to repent, for the kingdom is near. Now is the time for us to fall upon our knees. Now is the time for us to cry out to him to say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for, for worshiping other gods. Forgive me for worshiping idols. Forgive me for um, following other things and not placing you first in my life. So I just give you the opportunity now, you know, as we close out, as we pray, cry out to him. He's spoken to you this morning. I'm confident, I'm sure of it, that he's revealed something. And, and I just pray that that would not be a small thing in you, that you would see it as a large, profound, godly kingdom thing that is at work in you. Amen? And in us, his church. So Lord, as we, as we close, Lord, as we worship you, Lord, here at the end, and of our time together, Lord. We just praise you, Father. We lift you up. We lift up your name, the name above all other names. And we ask you, Lord, for forgiveness. Lord, for the things in our life that, have, that we have gone through motions. Lord, we've had your truth spoken to us and we've missed it from time to time. And Lord, we ask you, God, we thank you and praise you for revealing this to us this morning. Whatever it may be, we ask you to lead us by your Spirit. You are holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And we praise you, Lord. And we lift up this time, we lift up this body, we lift up this town, we lift up our families to you, my Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would consecrate us, Lord, for your work that you would go before us, Lord God, that as our eyes are opened to your, the mystery of your gospel, Lord, that you would do that mighty work that you desire to do in our hearts and that we would go from here, Lord God, on fire for you, consumed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.